It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thanks for tuning in to the Tuesday edition of the podcast. What I've got in store for you today are rumors, rumors, and more rumors. We're also going to talk about Derek Holland. He signed with the San Francisco Giants. I'm going to tell you why it's not such a bad thing that he didn't sign with the Reds. And we're also going to talk about Sonny Gray, the possibility of adding him via trade with the Yankees. But before we get to all of that good stuff... Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And also check us out on the web at LockedOnReds.com. So let's dive right in. I'm going to start with a quick thought on Derek Holland. I was looking at the signing that the Giants had. They had a one-year deal for $7 million. And I've, I've said it before that the money really doesn't bother me whenever it comes to these deals because when it comes to the numbers as far as you know dollar signs and all that is concerned, it's all relative when it comes to baseball. Now, with him, though, I see this one word that described last year, and that is comeback season. Okay, that's two words. But, you know, it was a, it was a comeback for him. He had a pretty decent year. He had a sub-4 ERA that, you know, it was a 3.57 ERA. But that is after years of, you know, toiling with injuries and rehab. After the 2013 season, which was really his last best season, in which he threw 213 innings for a 3.42 ERA, had a 3.44 whip. So like right there, you know, in line with what his ERA predictors would say that he would get. But that was a pretty good season. From 2014 through 2017, he really struggled. In fact, you know, he pitched nine years for the Rangers, and the last three of those were just rehab. And then he went to the White Sox for 2017, didn't do much with them, had an, a plus six ERA, or six plus ERA. And then he goes to the Giants, and he has a comeback year, which that's all well and good and stuff. But the man is going to be 33 years old this season. And we're talking about, you know, decent numbers, but nothing that you would slot into the ace role. You know, you're you're not signing Derek Holland and you're saying, boom, he is our opening day starter. No, you're just not doing it. So he was a guy that, you know, maybe if they signed him back in early December, whenever this process all started, we're saying, boom, there you go. They're getting the pitching. But at this point, they need to get really good pitching. They need to get somebody like a Keiko, that I keep preaching about. I feel like I say his name every single day. So if you're tired of that, I'm sorry. It just sort of happens. It's almost a, you know, subconscious thing that I do. And I just walk around going Keiko, Keiko, Keiko. It's really annoying my wife. But looking at Derek Holland, I'm just not that sad that we missed out on him. And really by the reaction that I've gotten on social media from that as well, I don't think anybody else is either. 
I saw an article, I believe it was on Fangraphs, that said that Derek Holland is Derek Holland again. And you know what? If that is the case, then fine. When we're talking about Derek Holland, we're not talking about the most amazing pitcher you've ever heard of. We're talking about a dude whose career ERA is four and a half. Okay. That's league average. That's maybe a little bit above league average. We would have taken that last year, but we're talking about a Reds rotation that needs to get better than last year. We we don't want the guy who would have sufficed in 2018. We want the guy who's going to wow us in 2019. Alex Wood, Tanner Rourke, they're going to be good for us. We need somebody who's even going to be maybe a step above them. And that kind of leads me into my next point. I'm going to talk about the rumors that are going around about the Reds wanting to trade for Sonny Gray. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to, I've changed my tune when I think of Sonny Gray. Whenever I first heard of this trade rumor, I was just like, eh, whatever. Sonny Gray's numbers have just been sort of lackluster these last couple of years. And, you know, I almost thought of him in the same tune as Derek Holland. I'm like, you know, he's one of those guys that if he has a good year in 2019, people are going to say, oh, good, he's comeback season, you know. I don't want a comeback guy. I want a good pitcher that's going to anchor our rotation. But when I was looking a little bit deeper into his numbers, first of all, his ERA from last year, 4.9. Ugh, you don't like that number at all. But his XFIP and his FIP were much lower. Now, not like a whole run lower, but really close to the 4.0 level. And his career ERA is 3.6. That is in spite of his 4.9 ERA from last season. Now, the number that really gets me excited, and it's gotten me excited about Tanner Rorick. It's got me excited about Alex Wood. And that is his ground ball percentage for his career. He is forcing over 50% ground balls. So he is a total ground ball pitcher. And when you dive even deeper, he is a sinker baller. He's got a great curveball, and he really likes to throw those a lot. In fact, he throws those, he tends to throw those as much, if not more, than his regular four-seam fastball. Now, that's not to say that his fastball is, that it's 85 miles an hour just, you know, limping over the plate. He throws his fastball at about 93 miles an hour, and that's on average. So he could get up above that if he wants to. And his sinker ball is right there at 92, so it's it's no slouch when it's coming over the plate at the hitter. So he's able to really work that around the strike zone. Um, one of the things that, you know, maybe gives you a little bit of pause, he almost had a four, you know, it was a 3.9 walks per nine last season. So he needed, he needs to get his command in line a little bit. But you can kind of tell yourself that here's the thing. Derek Johnson, the new pitching coach that the Reds signed a few weeks ago, coached Sonny Gray in college at Vanderbilt. So this would be maybe not on the drama level of Yasiel Puig reuniting with Turner Ward, but it's going to be the sort of production collaboration of that pairing. And I really think that Sonny Gray coming to Cincinnati to work with Derek Johnson would really help to refine his game. He's got the raw numbers. He's got the sort of things that you're looking for in the pitcher that the Reds need. Now, I'm not saying that Sonny Gray is the type that they trade for him and he's immediately the opening day starter. I think if the Reds say they get Sonny Gray instead of Dallas Keuchel, 
then you've got three guys who really have about the same talent level in Gray, Wood, and Rourke. And now that may not excite you a ton, but that's going to be a solid rotation. It's not going to be the top rotation in the National League by any stretch of the imagination, but that does lead to the idea that if Luis Castillo makes that next step, there's many, many scouts that think that Luis Castillo is the ace kind of pitcher. He has that kind of potential. So if he makes that next step this year with Derek Johnson, then you've really got a solid staff. And you got him at the top, you've got Wood, you've got Rourke, you've got Gray, and are really interchangeable there. That's not in any specific order. That's just how my mind thought on that. And then you've got your fifth starter. You work in, you know, Di Scalfani, Malley, whoever you want at that point, because you've got four really solid guys that are going to give you, you know, somewhere between 150 and 180 innings, maybe even up to 200. That might be stretching it, but, you know, it's a nice thought give you that kind of number with a three and a half ERA, a lot of quality starts. I mean, sign me up right now. We're talking, we're coming off a season where Giovanni Gallardo started a game for the Reds. I am all in on this idea. And in fact, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my thoughts on this after the break. You're listening to the Locked on Reds podcast. Do you know where the best place to watch spring baseball is? You could trudge through the snow and the cold to go to the grocery store and get your favorite snacks and all of that good stuff and then plop down on your old dusty couch and watch some ball on TV, one of the few games that are televised anyway, or you could check out the beautiful Arizona where Cactus League spring training action will be taking place. That's right, the Reds and 14 other teams will be within a 50-mile radius of each other, 10 baseball stadiums right there in the greater Phoenix area. You've got the Grand Canyon close by, Monument Valley's close by. You've got awesome western scenes like Tombstone and the OK Corral. All sorts of amazing things to get you all warmed up. Think about that warm weather that's going to be out there in Arizona. And we're talking February and early March. Just beautiful weather. Not something that you're used to seeing here in the great state of Ohio. And that's something that I would love to personally be around at that time. And when you're talking about Arizona, there's no better way to book your trip than at visitarizona.com slash spring training. Check that website out today. There's all sorts of wonderful things to do and see when you're outside the ballpark. I mentioned some of the attractions. There's also great restaurants. And even when you're talking about bringing the whole family, they've got resorts that have water parks and just all kinds of activities that families can do together. A great family trip. Go see some Reds baseball. Hang out as a family. Go see the Grand Canyon. What could be better? Check out visitarizona.com slash spring training today. Thanks again for downloading and listening to the Tuesday edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. In the first half, we talked about Derek Holland and Sonny Gray and just looking at some rumors surrounding Sonny Gray possibly coming to the Reds and the fact that Derek Holland signed with the Giants and why that's not that bad a thing. When it comes to the Reds looking for that ace, Just rumors are 
you know, rumors abound. When it comes to Dallas Keuchel, we're waiting to hear on whether the Phillies sign one of Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. As I had kind of talked about, I read in a couple of different articles there, especially by Mark Sheldon on MLB.com, that the Phillies are really going hard after one of those two marquee players. And should they fail to get one of them, they'll probably throw all of their budget at Dallas Keuchel. But if they get one of them, then the likelihood of the Reds getting Dallas Keuchel increases. So I'm kind of rooting for them to get Bryce Harper or Manny Machado or, you know, what have you, maybe even both. That just really increases the Reds' chances there. And then also... Corey Kluber, uh, something I mentioned a few days back that it's looking less and less likely not only that the Reds will get him, but that the Indians will even trade him. Now, I have seen some different uh, posts. I know that the Red Reporter had something by Wick Terrell talking about maybe the Reds could ship Eugenio Suarez over to San Diego and then San Diego could work out a deal to send some prospects over to Cleveland and then Cleveland could send Corey Kluber to the Reds a nice three-team deal there and when you're talking about all of these different rumors it's it's fun to speculate but we're in those doldrums of the offseason that point where the Reds really need to do one or two more things to just fully you know get you excited for the season I myself I'm excited already I was excited at the end of October I just love baseball I'm kind of weird like that they've done some awesome moves and that's you know just ramped up my excitement but I was already looking forward to March 28th now when it comes to these moves that we're waiting on sure there's some folks that they look at the Reds and they're just like man these last couple of years it's just been the same old stuff and sure, they come into the offseason and they preach, oh, hash brown, get the pitching, and all this other good stuff, and they haven't done it yet. You know, they're trying. They're building. They've got a couple of really good, solid, middle-of-the-rotation starters, but they don't have that guy. They don't have that pitcher at the top of the rotation that another team looks at the Reds and just goes, mm, oh, man, how are we going to hit him? Every fifth day we're looking at this dude, and if, you know, by some awesome – you know, happenstance, the Reds make the playoffs, then what is the other team going to be looking at atop the rotation? Dallas Keuchel sure would look nice, at least on paper right now. And especially Corey Kluber, I mean, maybe even more so than Keuchel. But when we're talking about both of those guys, obviously it's a lot easier to say the Reds could throw some money at Keuchel and bring him in right now. But when we're talking about Corey Kluber, it's like I mentioned a few episodes ago, the Indians are looking for a return on par with the Chris Sale trade. And the more that I think about that, the more that I analyze the idea of trading a lot of folks for them, there's there's some folks that, you know, they just, they, they will not get behind an idea of trading prospects to get Corey Kluber. But in my mind, and I, and I was thinking about this, and honestly, I had recorded a whole segment about how it's going to be tough. they got to give up a lot of prospects. Maybe they don't want to, you know, take a lot out of this really valuable farm system to get Corey Kluber. But to be honest with you, the Red Sox did it. They got rid of Yon Mankata. They got rid of a couple of other guys that were really highly touted, highly thought of prospects. And guess what they got for it? They have a World Series. What do the Reds not have here for, you know, the last 28 years? They don't have a World Series. I think that 
as a fan, looking at it just purely from a fan standpoint, that would be awesome. You know, sure, you could argue, oh, boy, they gave it way too much. But in the end, if it brings a championship home to Cincinnati, are we really going to worry about that? I mean, sure, you're going to take it, oh, well, maybe the next few years will be tough and this and that and the other. But... To be honest with you, if it means that we're putting together a championship caliber team right now, I'm all in on it. Now, that is to say that with this cost, it is a major risk. And that's not something that if the Reds were to make a deal and trade for Corey Kluber and trade the prospects that the, you know, trade the haul that the Indians are looking for for Corey Kluber, that it's going to be right there up with the Dodgers trade and that it's a no brainer. This is going to be a very highly debated subject should it happen. But I think it's for the good. But the risk is something that the Reds just don't tend to take. I mean, they've made some nice trades. They made some aggressive moves here um, this offseason, but I feel like this might be a little too aggressive. This might be pushing the envelope too far for a team that when it comes to these kind of big things, I, I hesitate to say the word hide behind because they don't hide, but they use the the moniker a small market team and, and they have to build within, they have to cultivate the talent that they draft and this and all this good stuff. But, but I feel like if they've got the opportunity to bring in a Corey Kluber type dude who is better than Dallas Keuchel, then man, you got to go for it. You got to take that chance. You got to make that trade. And who knows, maybe we're talking about the Reds hoisting a trophy and getting a ring at the end of this next season. But, you know, that's getting way ahead of myself. That's all imagination. And probably ought to stop it right there for today. I appreciate you all listening to the Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. If you have not done so, hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And also check this out at LockdownReds.com. And, you know, on your podcast service, hit up that review section. Give me a five-star review if you like the podcast. If you don't like the podcast, then, you know, keep it to yourself. Anyway, on Wednesday's episode, barring any sort of big news to talk about, we will be looking at the Reds' bullpen in 2018 and where I think they could probably improve for 2019. So thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Locked On Reds podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.